the process is quite challenging in b2b domain the use cases are complex but at the same time there is a satisfaction that you are solving some real need in their day to day lives and you are making an impact like by your work you are making an impact in their work cycle so that is quite satisfying that way i'm not saying that b2c is not but like personally i find b2b to be more fulfilling welcome to design drives your audio experience about what how and why design drives things forward a podcast hosted by sebastian gear together with forward thinking design practitioners from around the world in this episode i talk with tanu malhotra to ux india she's ux manager at it wealth management and mckinsey investments before that she was a senior ux designer at sap working on b2b enterprise products as well as a lead ux designer at samsung working on b2c consumer product concepts We learn about the difference of design of enterprise solutions versus consumer products. How digital legacy is actually shaping software enterprise solutions when it comes to design and innovation, as well as the maturity of design in India. We also touch on responsible design. Why designers should know when they design habits and when they design addictions. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, I'm here with Tano Malhotra, who is a UX designer at SAP in India. And uh, really exciting to speak to you. So let's give the audience a little bit of context about your journey, about your stations, and where did you where did you work in the past? Sure. So right now I'm working as a senior user experience designer with mm-hmm. SAP. It has been a two and a half years journey with SAP. And prior to that, I was working in Samsung, mm-hmm. and I was also work- in India. Yeah, mm-hmm. also in India. So both the companies are based out of Bangalore. and samsung was more of an r&d setup mm-hmm. where i was working on uh, two profiles one was on the commercial designing commercial products and the other one was designing uh, innovative products so i was a part of the ux uh, labs as such so we were mm-hmm. designing futuristic products for uh, samsung mm-hmm. yeah in sap i am working on uh, b2b softwares and i am designing applications in the area of digital manufacturing mm-hmm. so yeah a lot of complex processes around and a lot of data to play around with mm-hmm. yeah. and you studied in india as well right yeah so i have done my bachelor's in applied arts from college of art delhi mm-hmm. and i went ahead to do my masters in new media design mm-hmm. from national institute of design mm-hmm. yeah. When you were saying digital manufacturing, what do you mean with digital manufacturing? So digital manufacturing is something uh, like like three D printing. Not three D printing. So SAP has a lot of customers which are dealing in manufacturing, ranging from BMW to FMCG products, uh, mm-hmm. like Nestle. So all these companies have their digital setups in place, and to design the applications, mm-hmm. SAP comes into picture. So not only design like SAP actually creates or develops uh, the applications in this area where the orders right from the inception right from procurement of the raw materials to um, going out there in the market mm-hmm. to the supply chain so the entire process is runs on SAP mm-hmm. so i handle an area which is called advanced planning wherein uh, when the orders uh, when there's an order when there is a shipment when it has to be produced before that there's a lot of planning goes in the facility 
so there uh, if there are any discrepancies in uh, so say for example i have a toothpaste industry and in toothpaste industry i uh, am running the manufacturing of a toothpaste in a specific plant mm-hmm. and that specific plant is having some downtime mm-hmm. so if i can push one particular machine or a resource i can change the resource i can change my orders which are you know already running on that to an alternative work center mm-hmm. so all these things have to be thought through and there should be a one stop solution for the person which is the production planner the persona which i work on mm-hmm. so that person should be able to find out what are the loopholes or find out what are the mismatches and he can quickly take an action based on the data he receives on the screen so we are designing application in this domain mm-hmm. so basically it is a platform for the clients to you know take care of their their, their, yeah. their manufacturing right yeah yeah mm-hmm. to simplify it you yeah. can say mm-hmm. that yes so how do you how much do you have to learn about the manufacturing of these clients is it always like a specific solution for each client or and, and then also i think maybe we can talk a little bit about how much do you need to learn about the manufacturing process actually in order to create <laughs> the digital solution Yeah so when I joined SAP I was very new to this area because I was coming from a business B2C industry mm-hmm. or a setup wherein you know you have already worked on the products you have already used a browser you have already used a camera but when you come to such a domain it's like firstly you were like clueless what's going around and then slowly uh, you try gaining that domain understanding so the teams were really helpful uh, they slowly steadily helped me in understanding the domains and then reading about the blogs which were there on sap portals blog on google over the internet you can find a lot of data and material you read about it and then you gain the understanding and then yeah it's a gra- it's again a process so you learn by doing things so we have domain experts so we design solutions we discuss with them and they kind of give their inputs and then we understand it's again learning by doing process as well but yeah most of it was going out there and reading the material mm. yes is it for each client specifically you need to learn how their specific process is looking um, like so right? mostly in my area i had to learn about the process itself uh, uh, the process in uh, the its entirety mm. and then as and when uh, so various clients have different needs and based on their requirements we kept on getting inputs and then we customized the solutions for those clients also we try in one of the application we have tried to uh, design an approach which can cater to various industries ranging from so there is something called discrete manufacturing and then there is called something called process manufacturing so discrete is something like when you are creating or di- when you are manufacturing countable uh, entities like aircraft so you can count that you know i have to make one aircraft two aircrafts or maybe 10 engines 1000 engines but then there are uh, process industries like if you have to create paints so it's like an ongoing process so you it's not quantifiable mm-hmm. and these industries are called process industries so for those industries also so we created a application which could cater to both the industry mm-hmm. and it had uh, options for the users to kind of customize their solutions mm-hmm. so yeah it largely depends on the clients which we are dealing with mm-hmm. yeah 
And uh, in which phase of the, the project are you working on? Do you go from research to UI design or which, which, <laughs> which, which, uh, which area of the design so, process? So uh, we rely heavily on the data which is already given to us, uh, mm -hmm. again, over the internet. Data, like, and then, data. Uh, yes, a lot of times there is already a user research, a dedicated user research team is, uh, okay. uh, like we have a dedicated user research team mm -hmm. and um, that team performs in-depth usability uh, user research and then we base our assumptions on those research findings and the data mm -hmm. so um, yes it's not that we do not have any reach to the users in terms of the initial research but yeah because there's already prior research done we based our under we base our understanding on those research at mm -hmm. times yes mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, so then I kind of, uh, like, if I talk about my process, then I have a team of business experts, then I have a team of product owners, mm -hmm. and then I discuss my designs or maybe the use case with the, these uh, set of people and then go ahead and start designing. And it happens so that there are people from uh, which have various different competencies. Mm -hmm. So to make them understand what the solution is and at the same time, me understanding the use case in the better sense. So I create quick sketches or maybe quick mock-ups and then, you know, discuss with mm -hmm. them whether we are going in the right direction so that they can also visualize what am I trying to do. So it's like, a mutual uh, benefit which is happening here that I am getting an understanding of the use case better and I am visualizing it and they are understanding what it could look visually. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, if you have multiple mock-ups ready or multiple, you know, visuals ready, it helps both the teams. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, there's a team working on the actual implementation with the, with the work you do, right? To take it further and work on actual implementation of, so in of, terms, the, of the prototypes. Uh, so in terms of designs, I am the one, uh, person who, who is dealing with right from the concept to the to designing the actual full-fledged full mock-ups. Okay. And uh, yeah, with the user uh, interfaces. Yeah. And um, yeah, so then it goes, uh, so we follow an agile methodology mm -hmm. wherein um, we have sprint cycles uh, mm -hmm. with the development teams. And they, as and when there is a requirement or change which needs to be worked on, mm -hmm. so I kind of quickly am there at their disposal. Mm -hmm. so. Super interesting. And then I'm wondering a little bit because before that you worked in Samsung, right? Uh -huh, yeah. Completely different space, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, quite a different space. So I'm wondering a little bit about uh, one the difference between uh, B2B mm -hmm. you working now at the moment, right, and yeah. you know B2C at Samsung mm -hmm. about that difference, and then maybe generally speaking about your experiences at Samsung. Yeah. So uh, the underlying design process is more or less the same. There are a few um, changes which happens in uh, both the cases. Like in B2C domain, we ourselves are consumers. So a lot of times we have an understanding. We know how a camera works. We know how to use a messaging app. So you have at least an idea or a notion of the paradigm, what it is. But if you're talking about B2B domain, then you do not know much about the the domain is new everything is new new for you even you do not know how the user is actually using your products so um, you rely on uh, you rely heavily on the material which is out there and again so in terms of research or usability testing so 
if i have designed the solution in a b2c space i can go out there and you know talk to my friends or you know uh, colleagues which are there and they can quickly give me a feedback and i can improvise on but in terms of b2b we have to wait we have to wait for a specific usability session or a partner test session wherein we can get the uh, users time and then you know understand and most of the times it's very difficult to go out there in the manufacturing plant and test out the systems every now and then yeah. so yeah i mean it's a trade off so here again the process is quite challenging in b2b domain the use cases are complex but at the same time there is a satisfaction that you are solving some real need yeah. which is you know being worked on which is which the people are working on in their day to day lives and you are making an impact like by your work you are making an impact in their work cycle mm-hmm. so that is quite satisfying that way yeah. i'm not saying that b2c is not but like personally i find b2b to be more fulfilling mm-hmm. rather As a than designer, right? yeah rather than b2c because b2c yes it's mostly you will find that you know i have to put so many colors let make let's make the interface jazzy or you know get so many trans uh, transitions or gestures and that is some if something is new it will be acceptable by mm-hmm. the people and you know they will be like okay let me try it out but you can't afford to have such sort of wacky ideation in b2b domain when you are designing for enterprises because even one single color will matter mm-hmm. like you can't just think that okay i am putting you know a scarlet color instead of a deep red mm-hmm. saying that you know my users would understand i'm just giving you ex- an, yeah. a very basic example you can't change color because the softwares are you know they are having their own legacies they are the user have been using the software since 20 30 years and they are gradually you know picking up pace with the today's interaction styles or user interfaces so for them it becomes very difficult that you bring in one gesture or one interaction and it's difficult for them to quickly grasp because not all of them are new gen mm. users we have users which are in the elderly population as well so we mm-hmm. have to cater to a large set of audience mm-hmm. whereas in b2c it's like the user chooses it is not impacting much on his work or you know mm-hmm. day to day lives yes i mean it would help him these are facilitators but mm-hmm. they are not like heavily reliant on these uh, b2c applications per mm-hmm. se so yeah that is one more challenge and uh, the other thing is in b2c the consumer makes a decision that yes i want to buy this product or maybe you know install this application whereas in enterprise applications the case is not so the company would buy the software for you and you have to you don't have any option you mm-hmm. have to work on those softwares mm-hmm. so given that you know the users do not have much on say in uh, the enterprise softwares and you have to make the software simple so that they can understand it and mm-hmm. then they can make you know it should be efficient for the users mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> super super fascinating um uh, you were touching on legacy in yeah. the design process like how much is that you know is it sometimes in conflict with some of the design ideas you have mm-hmm. i assume so right yep and how do you how do you deal with that So um it happens that um, 
ऑलरेडी सो राइट नाउ एस ए पी इज ट्रांजिशनिंग फ्राम एन ओल्डर यूजर इंटरफेस विच इज कॉल्ड सैप गोई स्क्रीन टू अ न्यू डिजाइन लैंग्वेज विच हैज़ बिन विच इज विच वी कॉल फ्योरी सो द यूजर्स आर क्वाइट यूज टू यू नो एस सैप गोई एंड लाइक वी कॉल इट सैप गोई हेयर सो हेयर अगेन इट इज मोर एंड लेस लाइक वी आर क्वाइट ओके वी हैव बिन ट्रेन वी हैव ट्रेन आर माइंड टू डू थिंग्स इन दिस स्पेसिफिक वे एंड नाउ यू आर ब्रिंगिंग इन अ न्यू डिजाइन लैंग्वेज द यूजर्स रियली नीड पीपल हु हैव बिन यू नो ऑलरेडी वेलवर्स विद दोज सॉर्ट ऑफ एप्लीकेशंस दे नीड दोज द फ्लेवर ऑफ द ओल्डर एप्लीकेशन इन द न्यूअर और द न्यू एप्लीकेशन विच आर बींग प्रजेंटेड टू दैम it's not that you can you know revamp something and present it on a platter to the user mm-hmm. he'll be lost mm-hmm. so you have to have those anchor points so that he understand that yes this is the interface which i have worked on mm-hmm. it's not completely new acceptance should be there it should not be that you know it's very difficult for me to learn it's very hard for me to learn mm-hmm. that should not be the case mm-hmm. what were some of the other projects you worked on at at samsung So I have worked on a low-cost uh, device for the mass market. Mm-hmm. It's called Samsung Z1. Mm-hmm. It was based on. Uh, it's out, I guess. Right. It's out there in mm-hmm. the market. This was back in two thousand and fourteen, and this was the world's first device based on uh, Samsung's own native uh, platform, which was uh, Tizen. So Tizen okay. was um, the operating system, which was designed uh, so that uh, Samsung's uh, all the devices could. could talk to each other mm-hmm. because samsung is working on uh, various devices ranging from uh, home appliances to digital products so how can there be like if there can be you know, a common platform so that all the application all the devices or the products talk to each other on the same platform mm-hmm. so this uh, particular phone was first launched in india mm-hmm. which was samsung tizen z1 and it was a low cost device which was like less than 100 dollars and it was aimed at people uh, who were mostly blue collared workers who mm-hmm. were working like security guards or maybe maintenance staff laborers migrants or people who could not afford fancy high end phones and who were transitioning from the feature from the bar phone to smartphone mm-hmm. so yeah i have worked on that i had worked on uh, the application uh, which was uh, the internet application in mm-hmm. this area Mm-hmm. and then i have worked on uh, samsung's uh, smart hearables i have also worked on uh, so these were the uh, areas uh, which were uh, in the r&d setup so we had uh, designed uh, pitch presentations and you know video prototypes and these were basically not out there in the market but those were at the very concept level at the r&d phase mm-hmm. you say and uh, then i had worked on samsung smart uh, intelligent assistant which is now called bixby mm-hmm. so the inception of that product was basically an nlp phone mm-hmm. so i had worked on that as well mm-hmm. yeah super interesting talking a little bit about india mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and ux design here yeah, design maybe generally speaking yeah. how did you saw it evolving in the last years and what's the the, the current status of design in, in india uh-huh so design acceptance has increased so firstly a very good thing about our uh, about india as a country is that it is a young population, very young population. so the acceptance ratio uh, the acceptance rate is quite high so like anything new 
lot of people would be working mm-hmm. on it and if something you know goes and something is successful again people would start going in that league mm-hmm. so yeah i'm seeing a lot of design colleges which have opened up and the sensibility towards design which has increased so earlier when back in my days when i wanted to do design though my parents are quite liberal and they would not you know say that why are you doing this or mm-hmm. but then they also used to ask me what is design what are you trying to do what is it that you are actually trying to do my relatives used to come and ask me about this thing and it was very hard for me to explain them that what exactly am i doing for them a design was just fashion design it was not designing products or user experience design but now if i see people are aware of user experience design also they know what the designers are doing what impact they can create in their lives so yeah so i'm seeing a drastic shift i you won't believe every um, day on linkedin i get like around 20 requests from non designers who okay. are who want to become designers mm-hmm. and they want they have this yearning that you know please help us please guide us so yeah i mean it's a lot for me it becomes really yeah. overwhelming 20 per day well. is quite a lot of yeah uh, if you just now if i will open my linkedin account i would have like a hundred of friends requests mails flooded around i mean it is overwhelming but it's nice to see that people are actually you know they want, want to, to do design yeah. but at the same time what i see is it should not be that it's a jargon you know they think oh fan design is all cool thing you know we should do something cool about our careers and our lives they should understand it's a it's a real profession we are designing for users and it requires uh, like i am a strong advocate of responsible design so designers hold a lot of responsibility f- mm-hmm. for the society when they are doing something mm-hmm. so it should be like people when they think that they want to do design mm-hmm. they should also think that what they are going into this is not a cool word it mm. with you know you say with great powers comes come great they responsibility should, they should know the responsibility they have yeah they should know the repercussions of each and everything they are doing mm. and we are designing for people so do doctors like if you say doctors are engaging with people and they hold a lot of responsibility right I think it's the same case with us designers also we are also designing for people just that we do not have you know those degrees but yeah i mean at least we are since we are working for people we have to have that responsibility saying that whatever the actions which we are doing would have implications mm-hmm. later on mm-hmm. so we should be ready for it mm-hmm. and we should be you know ready to have the counter solutions of the you know implications of our design mm-hmm. so yeah so i would strongly say that yes design is designing it's just not designing beautiful products mm-hmm. it's more than that mm-hmm. yeah i love how you make the comparison <laughs> between surgeons and designers and like <laughs> how how both sides have important impact yes <laughs> uh, i really love that uh, perspective maybe to to wrap it up so i mean what would be your advice to to have impact and to use design to have impact mm mm-hmm. So I as I already told you that you should know what you are trying to do or what you are getting into it should not be that you just heard somebody doing it just ask yourself whether you really want to do and just not that it is a fancy term floating around 
your peers are doing it and you know you really want to go ahead with what is what are they doing because in the end it is your call it is in the end your profession you have to take it forward and after a while if you think that you know this is not what i want to do so then why in the first place did you even think of you know listening to people around you mm-hmm. so it's again it's your life it's one life which we have got and then considering the fact that you should do what you really you should listen to your heart mm-hmm. and not listen to the people around mm-hmm. and if you think that you are doing design you should be ready to accept the repercussions it's just not that you are designing beautiful interfaces or beautiful product it should be what lies beyond these products it should not be that you are making something which is easily acceptable to the people you should not the design process does not stop by saying that oh my product has been accepted by a billion of users mm-hmm. it should be whether they are using it in the correct way whether is it a habit you have created or an addiction so again there's a thin line between creating a habit and addiction mm-hmm. how much is too much you have to quantify you have to constantly iterate you have to constantly check for the repercussions of the designs which the people mm-hmm. which the impact of your design which is there on the people if it is too much then you should be ready to provide a solution that yes you know i have a solution ready to the problems which i have created so just to solve one problem you should not create thousand others mm-hmm. so yeah i would say that you do design but do responsible design mm-hmm. uh maybe one more question and then i think we can we can wrap it up uh, what is your you know your view on what impact designers can have actually designers are having quite an impact like if you see just a small example like people are now being aware of what beautiful or what usable products are mm-hmm. the demand of these products have increased like i i really thank apple for that reason like because they brought the sensitivity or the awareness of design the acceptance of design in the organizations mm-hmm. when they started creating products which were mm-hmm. successful mm-hmm. So when they started creating products that were they were successful mm-hmm. people found motivation in that people found that they believed in that company they believed that yes it the design could change products the design mm-hmm. could change you know lives of people how design can uh, uh you know change lives of people mm-hmm. so they here people understood that you know human factors actually something like if you would have seen the movie sally mm-hmm. right there the pilot was you know he did a, he t- he took a decision and he was being you know penalized for something the uh, their teams were doing they were trying to simulate that same situation but when he said that if you were in that situation the decision you took was far more different than what you are trying to do in that simulator setting mm. that is design like understanding the mindset of people at the very given time mm. and how they would react to certain situations mm-hmm. is important mm-hmm. rather than you know just creating mechanized assumptions mm-hmm. so design has actually played a powerful role in these things mm-hmm. like if you say companies like i met a friend of mine who is now recently working in boeing so 
like bigger organization like aircraft systems and all these things they are hiring designers user experience designers to make an impact in complex systems like just quote to quote it again like sap as an organization has an army of designers ready to create products that are more usable for the users so yeah i mean companies are investing heavily in this and i can see the change which is happening people are believing in it awesome all right thank you so much yeah. for sharing all thank this thank you thank you that was the episode If you want to give us feedback on the podcast, have something to contribute to the next episode, or just want to get in touch, feel free to connect with us either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram messages, or simply via the designdrives.org website. We love to hear from you.